O heavenly King, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, come and abide in us, cleanse us from every impurity, and save our souls, O good one. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. We are celebrating Pentecost today, and uh, we remind ourselves before we say anything that we are beloved children of God, forgiven and anointed. We are in Christ, and we are in the Spirit, and that is our primary identity All other ways that we seek to define ourselves or others define us are of lesser importance than being in Christ and in the Spirit. There is, in the catacombs of Priscilla in Rome, a very ancient icon on the catacomb wall of a woman praying. She is in the Oran's position, that is the position with your palms up, in a position of prayer, a position of receiving, and she is no doubt invoking the Holy Spirit. You have probably seen this depiction uh, in print or in film before, but we don't know whether it is just a woman praying, a Christian woman praying. We don't know if it is an image of Mary in prayer. It could just be the whole church in prayer, the soul of prayer that the church has. But this image of the palms raised up, receptive, invoking the Holy Spirit is in fact the image that I want you to walk out of the church with today. It is an image that we aspire to. The aim of our Christian life would be that moment by moment, minute by minute, we are receptive to receive the action and the ministry and the life of God in the Holy Spirit. Someone has said the whole aim of the Christian life is to be a spirit bearer, to live in the spirit of God, to breathe the spirit of God. Well, let's look at what the spirit is doing. The Holy Spirit is a vast, vast array of revelation and truth, subject matter. We will just deal with one slice today, probably just a general aspect of what the Spirit is doing. But in our scriptures, we can ascertain some of the major ways that the Spirit moves in us and through us. Well, what happened in our gospel? After the crucifixion of Jesus, of course, the disciples They were fearful. They were concerned. They were afraid that maybe some of the leadership of the Jews were going to come after them and take them captive. Maybe they thought some uh, Roman cohort was going to come and capture them as well. They were huddled together for fear. And Jesus and his resurrected presence interjects himself into the home and says, peace be with you. They are confronted with the resurrected Christ. He says, peace be with you another time. And then he breathes on them the Holy Spirit. 
this life-creating Spirit of God to restore them. And then he says words about forgiveness. And the truth is, the church has always been about the love of God, the forgiveness of God, the healing of the soul and the body. And the church is constituted as a spiritual hospital where we are healed and prepared to live with God forever. So Jesus breathes on them the Holy Spirit. And then these frightened disciples are confronted with what Jesus says next. He says, go to Jerusalem and wait. They had to do two of the primary things that all disciples of Jesus have to do. We have to listen and obey the words of Jesus. And then we have to, in humility, wait for God. And that's exactly what they had to do. They went to Jerusalem and they waited. And that small band of disciples all of a sudden experienced a mighty wind and a rush and a breath of God. And the Spirit came upon them and never left. Now remember, these disciples, these disciples are average people. They are actually backwater people. These are country people. And they were not considered the elite, let me tell you. They had country accents, and at the crucifixion of Jesus, they got in trouble because people could tell that they were speaking with their country accents of Galilee and not the educated accent of Jerusalem. So these are average people, not the elite, not the professionals, not the highly educated, the movers and shakers. These are the average people that the Holy Spirit falls upon. And I think this is just beautiful. Of course, this is God giving his spirit to an average group of people. And that gives me great hope because I'm an average person. So God even works through average people. Well, they receive the spirit and all of these languages start to be proclaimed. They're proclaiming the good works of God. And people can hear different languages being spoken. And they think, oh my gosh, these people are drunk. And Peter says, well, no, they're not drunk. It's only 9 o'clock. But, you know, I have seen people drunk at 9 o'clock in the morning. So that can't really be a good reason why they're not drunk. But the reason they're not drunk is because they're not drunk. They're actually filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's really the only reason. And so these fearful, puzzled, bewildered disciples all of a sudden have a transformation And they become bold and fearless proclaimers of God's salvation through Israel's Messiah, Jesus, the crucified and risen Lord of all the world. And they begin to proclaim that, in fact, Yeshua, Jesus is Lord and not Caesar is Lord. And they begin to proclaim this message all over the Roman world Places that we hear about today in the news, places like Israel, Syria, Lebanon, Egypt, 
Italy, Turkey, Iraq, and even India, and even beyond that. The only explanation for this burst of love and joy and proclamation is, in fact, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has transformed and enlivened and inspired these average people to accomplish God's will and God's work, and the life and power of God moved in and through them. The good news today is is that the Holy Spirit still comes to us, still comes to average people who are willing to hear and obey the words of Jesus and who are willing to remain in a humble posture, a posture of prayer, a posture of reception, a posture of invoking the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Well, I want to just mention three ways that the Holy Spirit comes to us. And the first way is that the Holy Spirit comes to us to open up our heart and our mind and our eyes and our soul to God. It is the Holy Spirit that moves and touches us and just moves us along to give us a revelation of the divine love of God, a revelation of God's work in Christ, a revelation of everything that God is doing. It does not overpower our will, but the Holy Spirit precedes our will and opens us up to receive divine revelation. And so the Spirit opens up our minds and our hearts to receive God in all the ways that God is coming to us and loving us. Number two, the Holy Spirit still comes to us to enliven and create Christ's body, the church. Last week was the Ascension, and the Ascension is when Jesus is uh, moving into the realm of God, into heaven, in his glorified and risen body. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The Son of God incarnated himself into our shared humanity, the same humanity that each of us have. The Son of God took upon himself all of our humanity and became who we say is Jesus Christ. And in that humanity, Jesus taught and preached He lived, he died, and he rose, and then he took that same humanity that we share up into the abode of God and is seated in a place of honor and exaltation and glorification. That humanity is the same humanity, that life of Jesus is the same glorified humanity that the Holy Spirit brings to us, each of us personally, and binds us together to become the body of Christ. Christ the head is in heaven. His body, all of us cells and members of the body of Christ, are on earth, and we continue the work and the ministry of Jesus here on earth, and all of that happens because the Holy Spirit brings the life of Christ, the Son and Word of God, in our humanity back to us 
it is the very way that we even have what we call the Holy Eucharist because the Holy Spirit is bringing the presence of Jesus when we have our uh, Holy Eucharist in our prayer. And so the Holy Spirit is connecting us to the life of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is connecting you and I. Do you know that each of us are connected in the Holy Spirit together as we compose this portion of the body of Christ right here in St. Francis Parish. That is a truth. We may not feel it. We may need some coffee right now. Uh, it's not about how we feel always, but it is about receiving a truth. And so we are baptized by water and the Holy Spirit. We are baptized into the body of Christ and into one spirit to compose one body. We had uh, some baptisms at nine and we had four baptisms yesterday on Saturday. So this is the ongoing life and ministry of the Holy Spirit in the church, drawing us, joining us together in one body to continue the mission and the ministry of Jesus in this world. And thirdly, the Holy Spirit comes to us as the very love, agape love of God and the power to not only think about loving someone, but actually doing it. The power of the action of love. Now, Jesus called us to love our neighbor. Jesus even called us to even love our enemy. And we know that this can only be done in the spirit of God. When God's love is allowed to move in and through us towards another. All of us know how difficult it is to love someone else. It's difficult sometimes to love our spouse. It's difficult sometimes to love our children. It's difficult to love our friends. It's challenging to love our neighbor, which is pretty much everybody else according to Jesus, it's difficult to love sometimes the poor, and it's very difficult to love your enemy. So we're left with this dilemma. How are we going to do that? Well, there's only one way. It is obedience to the words of Jesus and being humble to receive that power of divine love that can and will work in and through us if we will allow it. That energy of divine love is present to us, but we have to match it with a cooperation of our own mind and heart and will. And if we do, we can and do find ourselves loving one another, moving out of ourselves and not only willing and hoping for the good of the other, but actually acting towards that. And that is, in fact, what we are called to do. The Holy Spirit is the energy of divine life and love that moves through us in acts of service. One great thing about St. Francis is, is that I know what many of you all are doing, how you are serving others, how you are helping others. The Spirit helps us minister to one another in the church. The Spirit helps us minister to one another outside of the church. 
whether people are interested in God or not, it doesn't really matter at all. What matters is, is that they are a human being and we're called to touch their lives for their good. And I know that many, many things are happening here at St. Francis and we want that to continue, to continue to fulfill God's call because we are Christ's body on the earth. Two questions for Pentecost and then two definitions. The first question is, who is the Holy Spirit moving and convicting you to love this day? Who is the Holy Spirit moving and convicting you to love this day? The second question, who is the Holy Spirit moving and convicting you to serve this day? Think about those two questions. And the two definitions, this is from a medieval text, liturgical text called Come Holy Spirit. Of course, it is in Latin, but the English goes like this. This is about the ministry of the Spirit. Wash what is dirty. Refresh what is dry. Heal what is wounded. Bend what is stubborn. Melt what is frozen. Direct what is wandering. And then someone that we have studied with, a Franciscan, a real live Franciscan, Father Albert Hass, he reminds us of how this whole process works, how we are becoming transformed by the Spirit to do Christ's work in the world. But he uh, phrases it this way. He says, we are in the process of being transformed by the Spirit of God into a little Christ sent to respond lovingly to the unmet need or required duty of the present moment. Isn't that beautiful? We are being transformed by the Spirit, the Spirit of God's life and love, to take on the ministry of Christ himself, to become like Christ, to reach out and love to one another, to those outside these walls, for whatever that need, whatever that moment is requiring at this time. All we have to do, all we have to do, is remain obedient to the words of Jesus and receptive and humble, invoking the power of his spirit. Amen.